the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because see, when that lady, that, when that lady gave me that money last week, I turned around and gave twenty dollars back to those other. You have to sow. You have to sow the seed. The seed, the money that you get, you sow it back. It keeps it going. I tell you, God's faithful. It never ends, church. It never ends. I mean, I want to, I want to, I'd love it for somebody to come up here and say, man, you know, I got so much money, I don't know what to do with it. I'm, I'm, I'm believing because, let me tell you something, God wants you, he don't want you to be sick and he don't want you to be broke. We starting yet? Good deal. Well, let me tell you about something that uh, is going on, going on, uh, coming up on October 24th. It's a Saturday in Charleston, and we hope that you sign up for it. It's at St. Timothy Lutheran Church. Uh, they're holding a free event that we are one of the sponsors for it, uh, along with Perot Church and the Winfield Campus, bringing awareness to the crime of sex trafficking. This is uh, going to be on Saturday, October 24th, 9 a.m. to 4 o'clock. It's a free event, including lunch. Uh, and uh, there's a bunch of keynote speakers, and we are uh, a part of this, and we hope that you can sign up and come down and be a part of it uh, with us because we are believing God to, that our churches are going to help put an end to sex trafficking in West Virginia. Amen? We're believing God for, for great things, absolutely. Uh, next, Sunday, um, next Sunday afternoon, uh, we will be uh, celebrating... Uh, uh, Charles's life as uh, he passed away this past past week and Karen and Barb are here with you and uh, with us today and uh, we will celebrate uh, Charles's um, life next week in a graveside service and that's going to be at what time 1.30? 1.30 and uh, so if you had the opportunity to know Charles um, a wonderful man and so we just appreciate you praying for them and as families traveling in this week uh, from all over, uh, and then the graveside service, and then back here for a dinner uh, uh, on behalf of, uh, of Charles. You know, I, I made a comment the other day, see, and I changed it. I don't remember, I don't remember, I know if you remember this, Barb, but I said, I said, Charles was a great man, and then I changed it, and I said, Charles is a great man. You know, just because their body's gone, they're not dead. Because when you're saved, you go from life to life. You don't go from death to life. I mean, you, you know, so, I mean, but if you're, if you're not saved, if you're not saved and, and you die lost, then that's, you're dead. And you don't have to be that way. You're here today. You are to run to the altar right now. If you've got heart, your heart's beating and you're lost, you should be at this altar asking Jesus to forgive you and get your life right with him. And God will, God will bring you in because he loves you. He cares about you. I'm preaching a message. It's a second part message. Um, it's entitled "Distraction to Destiny." If you if you've missed the first part, it's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's on uh, Spotify, Google Play, and um, and podcast Apple Podcast. And I encourage you to go back and listen to the first message so that it'll kind of bring you up to where we are. But I'm just going to kind of sum up some things as we start into 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 part two of this. Uh, define distraction. The word distraction is a thing that prevents someone from gi from giving full attention to something else. You can be distracted. Um, my instructor, uh, Brad Duffield, tells me sometimes, he, he used to tell me this a lot. He said, you get distracted in an airplane. He said, you fly around and you look at how pretty everything is. And he said, and everything's going wrong uh, uh, around you. He said, uh, he said, I can't let you fly an airplane by yourself until you learn to do that. Well, I did learn to do that, and so God's faithful, and I ask that you pray for me, and I want to pray before we leave today. I'm taking a test on Tuesday in Columbus at 9 a.m., and I am not coming back. I am proclaiming here right now to this day, I am not coming back failing that test. I am a overcomer, and I will pass that test, and then I'll have another test that I'll take, and then I'll take some people flying if you want to go. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And so, uh, but I ask that you, I've been, I've been studying about six hours a day all week. 
and there's still things that I'm, I'm learning. It's just amazing. You know, you can't sit on the couch and eat chocolate and expect to get anywhere in life. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you want to be something, be it and do it. There's no limitations to what you want to do. Don't let people limit you. So here's what he tells us you know, about distractions and things that prevent you from uh, giving your full attention to what. And, and see, we have to be so careful because here's what he says in Matthew 6.33. He says, but seek ye, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, it, it was told by our mentor that if we will seek God first, then we could avoid 70% of life's heartaches. If we can seek God first, then we could, we could get 70% of the heartaches would not take place. In Matthew chapter 6, 24 and 25, no man can serve two masters, for either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and manna. Then I got to the part last week about Luke, 20, uh, Luke 6 and 38, given it shall be given. We talked about that. Shall men give unto your bosom, because that's how we are blessed. God is faithful. And I also went on to tell you not to be anxious, to be anxious for nothing, because distraction to your destiny will cause you to be anxious if you're not careful. So uh, anxious is a feeling of worry, nervousness, and uneasiness, and God does not want anxiety to be in your vocabulary. It should not even be there. I don't know how you opened the, wind, the window uh, uh, of hell to allow him to invade you with anxiety. Do you understand something? that If you have anxiety, you have been invaded by hell. It's the truth. Because God doesn't want us to be anxious. To, he says to be anxious for nothing. It's also like this. It's, it, it, let me give you an example. He says you're the lender and not the borrower, so stop borrowing. If he tells us to be anxious for nothing, stop being anxious. Maybe your plate's too full. Start telling people no. Quiet in the house. But it's true. It's true. It's like, do we believe God's word? If, if we take Matthew chapter 6 and 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your, uh, for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. The New English Standard says this, it says, therefore I tell you to, be, to, to, to do not be anxious about your life. What you'll eat, you're going to have pizza after a while. What you'll to drink, nor about your body. God wants you to be free. God wants you to live the abundant life. He said that he would take care of all the problems so that you can work for him. He doesn't want us to be distracted so that we, we're, we're worried about this or we're worried about that so that we can't be about our father's business. Are you with me today? So the distraction, here's the distraction to destiny part two. Here it is, standing up to the storm. So the distraction to destiny is standing up to the storm. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the thoughts, I know the thoughts, that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. So if, if Jesus Christ himself is not thinking anything of anxiety about you, but he's thinking peace about you, then you need to think peace about yourself. But let me tell you something. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, oh my goodness, you're in a dark spot. You're going to hell. You say, well, God will not send anybody to hell. I said this this past week on the talk show. Let me tell you something. God will escort you to the gates of hell and kiss you goodbye. That's how much he loves you. He don't want to send anybody to hell. That's how much he cares about you. He loves you. There's no sin that he can't forgive. Hallelujah. So the statement in part two, standing up to the storm, is uh, the statement here is, understand that God is not mad at you. He loves you. 
God didn't make you sick for his glory. Are you with me? God did not make you sick for his glory. He didn't make you addicted to deliver you. He didn't make you lost so that he could save you. He has thoughts of peace towards you, and that's awesome. For us to get our destiny, we must stand up to whatever is in the way. Whatever is in the way of your destiny, you need to stand up and you need to move it out of the way. If it's people that are telling you that you'll never amount to anything, you tell them to move because Jesus is coming through. You're going to make it. Times may be hard in your life, but you're going to make it. Number one is this. To get, your de- to, get to your destiny, you must, you must be moving towards it. Not away from it. Not to the side. You can't get to the beach. You can't get to the beach if you go towards Pennsylvania. You can't get there. If your destiny is the beach, you got to go south. Tim, is there a beach in Pennsylvania? <laughs> There's the ocean. And you got people that are that are that are maneuvering around in their life and they're not getting where they need to get in their destiny because they're all over the place listening to the psychic network or listening to other people that are trying to tell you things. And let me tell you something. You gotta listen to what God is telling you to get to your destiny. He says this in Philippians chapter 3, 14, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is a high calling of God for you. It's in Christ Jesus, but we have to press towards. We ha- can't go away from it. We can't go around it. We have to go towards it. So therefore, what we have to do is press towards the mark and go right towards that mountain. I could have took this test, my pilot's test, I could have took it two years ago. And I have drugged my feet and drugged my feet and drugged my feet. Because I just didn't want to take it. I've had enough school. I have two degrees and I'm thinking I don't want no more. I've had all the school that I want that I find myself six hours a day studying. Something wrong in the head. Example here, Paul is saying, but because, let me tell you something, because I believe that my flying will will be used in ministry, and, and that's why I went back and got my pilot's license, is so that I can work in ministry because the pulse is not just confound to Braxton County and Putnam County. You can't think, Big. I had a guy leave this church one time. He said, I'm leaving this church and I'm taking my family with me. And the reason why that I'm leaving is because you think too big. That's a truth. Mercy. I've had people shut down with me when I start Throwing ideas and all, you know, God is working on, and God's going to do, and God's, you know, and working on. It's like I had a guy say, time out one time, I can't take it. He said, don't tell me that. He said, I can't take it. You can't think small because, let me tell you something, God's not small. God's big. He owns all the money. He, you don't have to win the lottery. He's got all the money in the world. Of course, if you do win the lottery, don't forget 10% to the Pulse Church. Because we want you to be blessed. Somebody asked me one time, they said, would you, would you take money that was gambled uh, and, and, and get it for the church? I said, well, why not? I said, the Bible says he would give unto, men would give unto my bosom. I'll take it. How many of y'all would take it? Come on now. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the devil's money. He don't need it. He's a failure. He's got nowhere to spend it because he's dying. Hallelujah. I'll probably get hate mail over that one, but that's all right. So Paul is saying 
that we are to use the maximum effort for his purpose. To press towards means that we need to use the maximum effort. That means we need to put everything into it. So here's my question to you today, is what is your purpose? What is your purpose on this earth? I'm talking about your spiritual purpose. I'm not talking about your physical purpose. I'm talking about what has God called you to do because in Jeremiah 29, 11, he has an expected end for your life. But if you're going to hell, you've got no purpose. There is no purpose. John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me and works the works that I shall do, you'll also do, and greater works will you do, because I go to heaven with the Father. He that believes on me, do you believe on him? Do you believe that God can pay your house off? Do you believe that God can pay your car off? Do you believe that God can heal your body? Do you believe that God can make an insane man, uh, his mind perfect? Absolutely, because that's the God we serve. But if you choose not to believe that, then God will meet you where your faith is. And you can continue to be sick. You can continue to take truckloads of medicine because you can't believe God for your healing. We say, well, don't be critical because I take medicine. It's not because of a lack of faith. Let me tell you something. I can tell you this, that God made no man sick. God didn't make people sick so that he could turn around and heal them. God wants you to be free so that you can go about his business. So the question is, if we don't believe on him, then we won't do any works for the kingdom of God. If we can't believe for him, you can pray for somebody to get healed of a headache just like you can cancer. My question is to you, do you really believe Jesus? So what is standing in your way of your destiny? Well, you know, I felt like that God called me to preach, but I get real anxious in front of people, and I, my knees go to knock them. Well, whose doesn't? 31 years, man, I still get shaky up here. I still get butterflies. Really? Yeah. Because you don't know what God's going to have you do. And sometimes the Spirit of God is so strong up here that your knees get weak because you can hardly stand in His presence. Do you really believe Jesus? So I ask you today is what is standing? What do you believe is your biggest distraction? Because let me tell you something. If we have distractions that we're concentrating more on, then we're not that you're a moron. I didn't mean it like that. But what I'm saying is that if we have distractions that we're putting more time in on the distraction and we're talking more about the distraction than we're talking about Jesus, we're talking more about the sickness than we're talking about the healer, we're talking more about the debt than we're talking about the debt, the person who can deliver you from debt, if we're talking more about the, 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 the mental anguish than, and not the one who can heal you of that, then we're not putting God first. Are you with me? You've got to put God first. I'm going to give you a scripture. In Mark chapter 4, I love this story. I'm, I'm right now talking about this on the talk show in the mornings. Christy was on the show. Anybody see the show Friday? Christy was on the show Friday. She did a great job, man. I tell you what. I, I'm, I hope you continue to do that Friday show. Let me tell you something, what Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. Remember in the Bible that anything that Jesus rebuked was demonic. Jesus had distractions. He had the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and I believe that he aggravated them on purpose. I believe when he sat down in that, in that chair that was set for the Messiah, when he said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me, and he read that scripture, and then he went and he sat back down in that chair. Look, that chair was for the Messiah. 
And they freaked because he went back and he sat in the chair that was his. If people reject you, don't, don't be upset about that because they, they have not accepted Jesus yet. And on the same day, here's talking about distractions and storms. Anybody have a storm in your life? Let me tell you something. Here's how to get rid of it. The same day, when, when, the, same day when the evening had come, he saith unto him, let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And then there were other little ships. <laughs> and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. Now understand something, that it was not a hailstorm, it was not a snowstorm, there was no rain. People say, and the rain filled the boat. That's not what it says. It says here that it was a windstorm. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat on the ship to where it was now full. So let me ask you something, is your vessel full of the world? Are you drowning in debt? Are you drowning in sickness? Are you drowning in controversy? I talk about this quite often, I hate drama. I hate drama. TNT says that they like drama. I hate drama. Do you have a lot of drama in your life? Get rid of it. It's keeping you and distracting you from where you need to be. Okay, so <clears throat> let me set the, set the mood here. <coughs> and there arose a great storm of wind. <laughs> I just thought of something. If your husband is your drama and you're married, I want to run a disclaimer. Don't get rid of him. I, I just thought I'd fix that right there because I, it's like, okay, I had that happen one time. I had it happen up here. I had a guy, I had a guy rip me through the coals on Facebook because, uh, because his wife ran off with another man and both of them attended here and it was my fault. Wasn't my fault. I told them not to punte around, but they did anyway. It's amazing that people get mad at me when I quote the word of God to them. They want to go tiptoeing through the daisies, living in sin, and here I'm trying to get people to live right. What's wrong with people? And there arose a great storm, and the wind, and the waves, and it beat in the ship, and it was full. Jesus in the back of the boat asleep on a pillow. Now stop and think, okay, do you think Jesus being the Son of Man, that there was a, that there was a, a barrier in the ship that he wasn't wet? He was wet. His undies was wet. His robe was wet. His beautiful hair was wet. And his pillow was wet, but yet he was still asleep. He's still asleep. I can see Jesus in the back of the boat, and his nose is sticking out, and that's it. Because he's covered up, and he's still asleep. Can we get to a place with God to where we can have peace in the storm? Absolutely. He's asleep. The wind. He's asleep on a pillow. I don't know why they put that pillow in there, but he's asleep on a pillow. I'm sure it's soaking wet. And they go and they wake him up. They said, Master, careth not thou that we perish? You know, have you ever gone up to somebody that's telling you something? And I was telling Sam this the other day. If what you're telling me doesn't interest me, I check out. Anybody else like that? You can tell me a story, and if it doesn't interest me, 
I, I have to like come back to myself. It's like, okay, concentrate. This person's telling you something. But if it doesn't interest me, I, I tend to, to, to go off a little bit. And I, you know, it's like I, I have to like bring myself back. But, but he's saying here to them, he's saying, he's saying, do you care not that we perish? Have you ever went up to somebody or somebody's telling you a story or somebody's upset with you about something? You know, it's like you shouldn't have done blah, 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 blah. And you look at them and you say, well, so what? Have you ever done that to somebody? Well, so what? Who cares what you think? <laughs> That's what they're saying to Jesus. Do you even care? Do you even care that this boat's full? That we've got nothing to get the water out with? Have you ever noticed, though, in the Bible, the only thing that Jesus rebuked was the wind. It doesn't say anything about him getting the water out of the boat, does it? He says we're going to perish here. And here's what Jesus did. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, two different things. See, you have to determine where your demonic attack is. Because number one, he's got the wind and he's got the sea. So he rebukes the wind. The wind was demonic. Anything that Jesus rebuked was demonic. So he rebukes the wind, and then he tells the sea to be still. Wow. And it said, the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Church, you can live this way. You can absolutely live this way. You can rebuke the wind, you can rebuke the things that are in your life that are keeping you from where you need to be with Jesus. You can rebuke those things and absolutely speak peace over them and then it will cease. I don't care if it's a financial trouble. I don't care if it's a sickness. Your words have power. Your words have power. That death in life is in the power of the tongues. It's in Proverbs. And if you continue to speak death and negativity over yourself, then baby, that's what you're going to have. But if you're going to speak life and prosperity, and I'm going to, and I'm not just making it. People tell me all the time. I say, "How are you doing?" Oh, I'm hanging in there. God's people aren't supposed to hang. You're not supposed to, because you are the head and not the tail. You are the lender and not the borrower. You serve. The, you serve the most high God, and so if you serve the most high God, then why are you hanging? If he says that you are victorious, and you are an overcomer, and you're to walk in victory, then you need not be hanging. Hanging in there, living the dream. You ever heard people say that? How you doing? How you doing? Living the dream. Well, let me know how that works when you wake up. He said, peace be still. What do you need to say over your life where you need peace? Be still. He tells us over in Matthew to speak to the mountain. Speak to that mountain. And then, guess what? It will be removed, but you've got to speak to it. What obstacle in your life? What's going on in your life today, that you, whether it's an addiction or a struggle or whatever you're going through, that, you're, that you can't seem to get victory off, and all you've got to do is speak to it? And then it's done. There was no warning for this wind, for this wind. You can't see, there was, no, there was no warning, it just boom, and here it came. Sometimes in your life there is no warning. There's no warning, you could be driving down the road just right now and boom, the engine blows. You could, just, you could blow a tire, I mean, it, those kind of things happen. Sometimes there is no warning, but sometimes you can tell who is behind it. When you are asleep, 
when our kids were when our kids were dating and when they were out running around and out with friends, I never waited up on them. I never waited up on our kids. I figured if you need me, I have a cell phone beside my, my, beside me. I plead the blood and apply the blood of Jesus over you. I dedicated you to Jesus. You belong to him. And, and I, I, I tell you, you need to make the right decisions. And I went to bed. I never waited up on my kids. He said, well, what kind of dad are you? Well rested. I, I, never, I never waited up on them. And they always found us. They always came back home. But, but I don't know about you. You have to understand that Jesus had so much peace here, but being the Son of Man, that he wasn't even awake when yet... Did he even feel the water? Here, here's the way I think, Tim. It's like, did he even feel his feet get wet? Did he even feel that, 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 that is now, he's probably floating and, you know, and buoyant and the outfit that he had on, and, and you know, and it was probably full of dirt because, you know, all their feet was dirty and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and you, you, but yet, he was still asleep. I'm telling you, when I'm asleep, even when there's a knock at the door, I don't hear it. That's how you say it, isn't it? Canock. K-N-O-C-K, Canock. <laughs> I, pictured, I pictured Jesus. John Sandy was on the talk show one day, and he was saying, he that knocketh, he stands at the door and, and, and canocketh. <laughs> That's what I said. And I said, I said, he stands at the door and knocks. I said, no. I said, that's Kanakath. They didn't get it. I'll, I'll keep moving on. Jesus is wet. His pillow's wet. His hair's wet. Everything in the boat is wet. He's in the back of the boat, which is the stern. Jesus wasn't shaken by the distraction. He kept on sleeping. Verse 39 says, he arose and he rebuked the wind and the sea, and peace be still. Church, you have the ability through the blood of Calvary, through the strength of Jesus, you can speak to the mountains that are aggravating you, that are keeping you from your destiny. You can speak to them and remove them out of your way. Fear will cancel your faith. Well, I'm human. I have fear. Well, we're going kayaking today. And J.D., never look at his Facebook posts. I'm laying in bed one morning because I'm checking my email and checking and see what, what all I need to do in that day. And I was laying in bed, and J.D. had a picture of a, of a, of a guy. That wasn't your foot, was it? No. There, somebody's, uh, somebody, you could see their, their foot. They had a pair of sneakers on, and they were in a kayak and a big, was that a black snake? What was it? Water moccasin? And what was it you said on there? You said... Like, uh, what would you do now, or, or, you know, what would you do? And, and the water moccasin had swam up on the kayak. And then they asked me, somebody asked me, what would you do? Well, I got to tell you something. I love Jesus with all my heart. And I'm going kayaking today, which we have kayaks and we've gone before and we love and all that kind of stuff. But I've got a nine millimeter that will be right with me just because of that Facebook post. I will blow a hole right through that kayak and I will sink until I get to the shore. And, and let me tell you something and everybody will know because I don't like snakes. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm not going to get that close to beat it to an oar. You can do a lot with a gun. It holds 15. And, Bray, and, and, and Bryce, you know, I mean, you, you got to love him. He's, he's, you know, got a baby on the way, and, and that's Sam's favorite son-in-law. And, 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 and I look over there one day, and he's over playing with a water snake at the rocks. He's a snake handler. <laughs> 
I look at him and I say, what's wrong with you? Then there was one time, then there was one time that there was, a, there was a snake that was, uh, Sam said, oh, I think there's a snake coming up through the, through the thing, and I'm reaching, I ain't got my gun, nothing. I'll tell you what, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and honey, I can walk on water. I guarantee you, if I need to, I can walk on water. So y'all pray for me today. A lot of, yeah, make me make it good. <laughs> you know what? Anybody in their right mind to get in church and handle snakes. You know, we've been accused that around here. We've been accused of being snake handlers because our walls black. I don't know what white black walls and snakes got anything to do with each other. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I don't like snakes. Mm-mm. If I had to handle one, ooh, Lord Jesus. What Jesus is saying to us is, is what he says here in the scripture. There was a great calm. Isn't that amazing? He said, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a little calm. There was a great calm. I mean, there was a great still here, here, you got to think of this. I mean, they've gone from, let me get hold the mic. And then all of a sudden, Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind and it ceases. We used to have a teacher in school. Miss Beasley was her name. Beady-eyed Beasley is what we called her. I, remember her? You didn't have her? And to get our attention, she would stand at the top of the steps, and she would go, like she was something. <laughs> what does that do? He spoke to it. He didn't shout. He didn't scream. I don't know, I wasn't there, but he didn't have to. All he said, I rebuked it. He rebuked it, and it stopped. And then there was a great calm. So these people, bless their hearts, they went from turmoil to calmness just that quick. Here's what Jesus says to them, and I say this to you today. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? Why are, you, why are you fearful about your situation? Why are you fearful? Do you not think that God's going to work it out? The problem is you're trying to work it out. Stop trying to work it out. It's God. You need to trust in God. Be obedient to him. He, here's what he says. How is it that you have no faith? He looks at his disciples. He tells them that they have no faith. He didn't say, oh, ye of little faith. He said that later on. He's telling them they have no faith. I don't know if you catch that or not. You have no faith. God will meet you where your faith is. If you have little faith, then that's where he'll meet you at, and you'll never get anywhere in this life. I hope you didn't wake up today hoping that you were going to be a failure. I hope none of you said, man, I hope I fail today. God has called you to be an overcomer. Get the word in you. Be not afraid. In Mark chapter 5, he said this. As, as soon, and, and this is as soon as Jesus heard because, and I'll, I'll get into this next week. He, he tells them, he says, be not afraid, but only believe. Only believe. All things... 
are possible. Only believe. You have to believe. Seeking you shall find. Knocking the door shall be opened unto you. Do you want to be blessed financially? Give and it shall be given. Believe. You want to be healed? Believe. It shall be done for you. That's what the Word of God says. There's no limitations for you. Only the ones you put on yourself. That's all I got for you today. Jesus, we praise you. We love you, God. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for the ones that are here that may be unsaved. God, week after week after week, continue to not accept you. And God, I just pray for mercy. Just pray for peace. I pray, God, that you help people that are struggling in time of sorrow right now. God, I pray in Jesus' name. People that are struggling in their finances, struggling in their health. God wants you to have the abundant life. If you're here today and you're lost, you're unsaved, you want to accept Jesus into your life, you can come to an altar, kneel down and accept him into your heart and life. You said, would I have to come to an altar to be saved? No, absolutely not. But this is a place where things die. In the newfangled churches, they're taking the altar out because they don't want to, they don't want to scare people. They're not even doing altar calls in some of the churches. It's called seeker-friendly churches. So where are you with Jesus today? You want to accept him? You can. Stand to your feet if you would. Begin to examine your heart. If you're sick today, Physically, mentally, emotionally, and you want prayer for God's deliverance, number one, you have to believe that he can set you free and trust him. Trust in Jesus, could you not? Where are you with him today? Look, there's not a lot of people on Trust Street. There's not a lot of people on Trust Street. They taught me in school. They taught me in school. I have, a, I have a master's in business administration. And here's what they taught me in school. That you can do anything. It's you. It's you. They, they, they put that into you. That you can do this. You can do this. We had a president of BB&T. When I worked for BB&T in banking. One of the greatest banks that I ever worked for. John Allison, the president at that time, was agnostic. Didn't believe in, in God, but believed that you could do it. You could do it, being agnostic. You, you, it's all about you, and it's all you doing this. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, who, strength, who strengthens me. You can't do this thing. You can't walk this thing called life on your own. You've got to have Jesus. Young or old today, the altar's open. You want to come and bring something to Jesus? You've got a mountain in your life that needs to be moved? Speak to it. Get it out of there. You've got a sickness? Believe for it and God will heal you. Set you free. I'm not giving you false doctrine. I'm giving you the word. I'm giving you the word. This is what you need to know. Speak to the wind that's blowing in your life. Command it to stop in Jesus' name. Whatever the enemy's trying to do to destroy you, the altar's open. Come to the altar. If you're around negativity all the time, get rid of that negativity. Get rid of the people around that's causing you to be negative. You're God's people. You're not supposed to be negative. You're supposed to be positive. You say, well, there's not a lot of positive things that are in this world. Well, you're not running around with the same people I'm running around with because there's a lot of positive stuff. That's happening with the people that I run with. Altar's open.
You want to come and rededicate your life to Jesus, I encourage you to come. You're backslid. You used to walk with Jesus and now you're, you're not where you need to be. Come today. Rededicate your life. The altar's open. You don't have to go by yourself. You're having trouble believing God for something? Come and let us agree with you. If you're watching online and you're having trouble believing God for something, we want to pray and believe God for you. If you're sick online, tell us. Give us, a, give us a message and let us know what's going on in your life. And we'll pray with you and believe God because we love you, our internet church. Open the floodgates of heaven. Jesus is faithful. All good. Open the floodgates of heaven, Lord, for your people today. Oh, God, we love you. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, whatever's keeping you from your destiny, move it out of the way. What are you called to do? You're not called to live in sorrow and sadness, depression, weakness and struggles. You weren't created for that. You're created to live the abundant life. I want to encourage you today. Walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. He loves you. He cares about you. Thank you, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, I pray that you bless our time together as we eat pizza. Bless the food, Father. Bless our time together. Bless our time together on the river, Lord. We just praise you, God, how worthy you are. Father, I pray this week, Father God, the ones that watch the talk show on, Friday, on Monday through Friday, Jesus, thank you for the audience that you've brought us pray Lord you speak manna from heaven to us Lord we praise you God I thank you Jesus I praise you God if you're here today and you're lost do not leave this place knowing that your name is not written in heaven that's the most important thing of all the things that I've said today to get saved get born again Get your sins forgiven. Time is short. After I get done with this series, I'm going to preach a series on the coming of the Lord. In Revelations chapter 1 and, verse, and, and chapter 3, the church is mentioned 19 times. Revelations 1, 2, and 3. And then it's not mentioned ever again after that.
thing's about to wrap up, Sandy. It's about over. We, not be meet, we may not meet Tim next week. Bryce may not be able to speak on Wednesday. Why? Because he's in heaven. The rapture took place. God's people's out of here. Father, we love you. We pray for our president. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Just like when Daniel was in the lion's den, you shut the mouths of the lion. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you shut the mouths of the people that are wreaking havoc in this world. Shut them up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray for Amy Barrett, Father, Lord, as she gets confirmed. Lord, we pray over her. We pray over her family. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that she does, does things well for you. And we thank you, God. We pray for this election. We pray, Father, Lord, that people won't be swayed by what they hear, but, but what they know in their heart and what you speak to them. No weapon formed against our president shall prosper him and his family. We pray over them. We pray for Mike Pence. Father, we thank you that, I don't know if any of you saw the feed that I posted out on Facebook yesterday, Franklin Graham in D.C. stopping in seven, seven different places. And Mike Pence is walking up through the audience to speak. What a godly man. Thank you, Jesus. Every decision, Father, that is made. We pray for an end to sex trafficking. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for an end to it. And we pray for an end-time revival, Father, Lord, that we can just have our big toe in it, stirring it up a little bit and being a part of it. I pray that we're a part of this end time. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise and we give you honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. In God faithful, give him a hand clap of praise. He's a worthy God.